0: Welcome, everybody, to Season 3, Episode 3 of So Strange. I'm your host, Andy Myers, and today I'm joined by a very special guest who many people said that I needed to have on the program. I'd like to introduce everybody to Christy Peterson. Thanks for being here, Christy.
1: Thank you for having me, Andy. It's a pleasure.
0: And this is going to be fun. This is going to be a real treat uh, for anybody listening because we're talking extraterrestrials. We're talking about our cosmic brothers and sisters uh, way out there. And what's the correct term, Christy, an experiencer? I want to get my terminology correct.
1: Experiencer is correct. Uh, people have kind of uh, dropped abductee for now, and then it's contactee, experiencer. So I would say contactee or experiencer, either one is great.
0: Okay. We got to get our jargon right. Almost like you got to keep up with the times because thinking back yeah. in the day, what do we call uh, flight attendants used to be a stewardess and you know the language <laughs> evolves and changes to be more politically correct so you know as an experiencer you know your your um, encounters your experiences began rather early in life correct
1: age five is my first memory
0: all right do you want to do you want to walk us through uh you know kind of how it started how it developed and of course uh, I'm gonna try to you know, shush a little bit. People are probably tired of hearing my voice on this podcast. Uh, They they want some, uh, you know, fresh stories from other people. So taking us back to the beginning, how did it all begin?
1: It began, um, like I said, at age five, and my whole family had had the flu and gotten over it within 24, 48 hours. And five days later, I was still violently ill. And so my mom finally called the doctor and said, get her to the hospital right now. So they did. They brought me to the hospital, checked me in, and now it seems impossible. But back in the day, parents couldn't stay overnight, so they dropped me off and left. And the doctors put me in an ice bed in the hospital, and I had a nurse. I was in ICU, and the nurse kept feeding me this orange soda all the time, and it was just I wanted to go home, but it wasn't the home where I lived with my family. I wanted to go someplace else. And there was one point in the evening where she, the nurse froze. And I thought, "Something? what is going on here? And a doctor walked in the room, but it was not like any doctor I'd ever seen. And he walked up to the side of my bed and told me, telepathically, that I would always be safe and always be protected. And I thought, well, why wouldn't I be? You know, I'm a little girl from a loving home. Why wouldn't I be? Well, years later, under hypnosis, it came out that this doctor was actually a gray a gray alien. And there were two others on the other side of my bed with him. And so it was really, you know, comforting to me. And then I don't remember many other experiences until I was 30, but I do, I know they were happening because I was a very odd child, you know. And anybody who's ever met me is like, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they well, can validate I, that. <laughs>
0: you're, you're interesting. <laughs> we'll use the word interesting, you know, you, you're unique. You know, and yeah. I, I always joke, maybe this is in poor taste, but I always say normal people are boring, so why not be weird, right?
1: I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning to embrace my weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. But you know, being an odd child, there were things happening to me and I didn't know how to process it. So it came across as, you know, a petulant child, being um, terrified, being aggressive, being, you know, all those mixed emotions, sometimes at the very same time. And I just remember, you know, even as a kid babysitting and I would want to come home and lie in the grass in my backyard and just talk to the stars and say, take me home. This is too hard. I want to go home. And even though I was, you know, 10 steps away from the back door of my house, that wasn't the home I wanted to be in. And then age 30, I decided for my birthday present to myself was to have a tubal ligation have my tubes tied, because I knew I didn't want to have children. And about two weeks after that, I was just lying on my bed, fully awake, reading a book, and three beings popped into my bedroom. And they were angry. I could tell they were. And there was two males and one female. And it's like they all seemed to come in groups of three for whatever reason. But they, they paralyzed me on my bed, flipped me over, lifted me up from behind, and did an exam. And they realized that I they still had access to my eggs, that but they just weren't going down a fallopian tube. And then they were fine and left my room. And I woke up, basically was not paralyzed, on all fours on my bed. And how do you reconcile that? And I just, you know, who do you talk to? What just happened? And I tried to talk to a couple friends. And, you know, at the time, I would say I probably was, not angry but confused that why they didn't immediately go, oh my gosh, you know, they were like, is she crazy? Can she still be my friend? Should we have her committed? And I wasn't even having, I was having a hard time processing it. So how could I expect them to process it? So I think, you know, my expectations were not what they should have been. (laughs) But, you know, they kept me as a friend for all these years, thank goodness. And uh, after that, I did some research and found Dr. Jack Kasher, who is the head physicist at UNO, and he was also the head field investigator for MUFON, which is the Mutual UFO Network. And I made an appointment with him, and he believed me. And, you know, you get to a point, what's more terrifying? That he does believe you that this stuff happened to you, or that you're crazy and you're making it all up it's equally terrifying.
0: Yeah, well, it it comes with a weird, it's a cocktail of emotions is what it is. But you know what it what it goes to show, in in my opinion, and everybody's opinion, quite frankly, Christy, is the the fact that you kept all of your friends, you know, throughout this whole process shows that you're not crazy. You know, if you were too odd, too different too, you know, whatever, bizarre, awkward, people start to distance themselves. I mean, and yes, you may be eccentric or whatnot but you're you're normal you're a normal functioning adult human being mm-hmm. and the fact that these extraordinary events happen to you uh you know it it's amazing it's it's amazing and i'm sure it, you know you took the bad with the good and when, when the three materialized in your bedroom did it what was your initial reaction shock was it anxiety was it you know hey cosmic neighbor i mean what what was the feeling in, in your heart of
1: hearts it was shock. Who are these people? And they didn't show up as full bodies. I could see them from the chest area up, and then it was air underneath, so they had no lower body. And they looked Egyptian to me. And so I'm trying to process all of this in the span of two, three seconds before they paralyzed me. And, you know, and they looked very Egyptian to me, which was a little bit mesmerizing to me too. So it was a little bit of wonder, uh, mesmerizing, I, I can't say I was terrified, just confused, I think, more than anything.
0: Just confused. Well, and man, if they looked Egyptian, that's a whole another can of worms of those people who think the aliens built the pyramids, right?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Maybe technically they did. Um, so so you wake up on the bed and, and you, you come to, and and that wasn't the only experience.
1: That happened in real time. After that... They, the ETs would give me downloads. And so for the people who don't know what a download is, it would be like someone handing you a book and you have absolutely all the information. But, you know, when we get handed a book, we go page by page. It has to be very linear in our reading of it. And this was handing me a book, and I absolutely knew everything that was in it, but not in order. So, it you know, to try to make sense of things. And they would do downloads, and sometimes it would be, The next night, it would be the next month, the next year. And that's what was so confusing when, as humans, we're used to thinking in a very linear way. And this wasn't coming across linear at all.
0: It almost reminds me of the movie The Matrix, you know, that series where they get basically plugged into uh, a futuristic machine and suddenly you you acquire a new language or a new skill set. And, you know, I remember Keanu Reeves, like in the blink of an eye, he learned how to how to fly a helicopter or something like that because they uploaded that program into his brain. Yeah. But like you said, when it's out of order, like, how do you how do you make sense of that? That's I mean, it's it's cra- I mean, crazy, but like in a, in a fascinating way.
1: It is. And then they would come and visit me at night, usually when I was just ready to go to sleep. And that would be terrifying because the energy in the room would shift and there was usually a peculiar smell attached to it. And I would just be terrified. And then boom, I was gone and I was on a craft. And once I was on the craft, I was paralyzed, but I was not terrified. It just felt like I needed to be there. I was part of an experiment. I I wasn't sure, but I wasn't terrified. You know, and people, when you talk to other experiencers, many of them will say, no, it's not terrifying at all. And it isn't. But how would you feel if in the middle of the night, someone popped into your room that didn't look human? I mean, even if they look human, it would be terrifying.
0: Yeah. I mean, because it's unexpected.
1: Yeah. There's no way
0: to prepare for that because you don't know when it's going to occur And I'm glad you didn't feel terrified. Um, if anyone out there has experienced, uh, sleep paralysis, I mean, I, maybe that's the, you know, for us non-experiencers, maybe that's the best comparison. I, I'm not sure because I've never, I've never been taken, but I'm glad that it wasn't, uh, terrifying for you. And regarding the smell, Christy, you're, you're not the only person I've spoken with who, who have had, uh, extraterrestrial encounters and a lot of them do they they say it's a smell unlike anything else they, they can't quite explain it there's nothing comparable here on earth
1: it's a level of rancid and acidic together but there is no smell like it on earth
0: wow wow so you know walking forward so you meet you meet jack casher and he gives you, you know, a little, um, you know, a little comfort in, in knowing that, you know, hey, we, we believe you, you know, this this happens. What else did you um, did you gain from interacting with Dr. Kasha? He's, he's a great guy, isn't he?
1: I adore him. I credit him with saving my life because I was so confused and so upset. He actually told me about a support group for other contactees and I I mean, I had no idea abductions even happened at that particular time in my life, let alone there were other people in Omaha, Nebraska. And so I went to the support group, and it was people just like me that had had experiences. And I attended that support group for a couple of years until um, the guy who hosted it, he passed away, and it, everything just kind of fell by the wayside. But after that, it was it's always been my goal. To pay it forward and start another support group. So five years ago, I did exactly that. And we've got about 34 members now.
0: 34 members. Now, keep in mind, people, this is just in Omaha, Nebraska. You right. know, This isn't Chicago. This isn't New York. Yes, Omaha has a, a decent population. We're a medium-sized city, but uh, thats it's remarkable. You're not the only one.
1: Exactly. And to hear some of their stories. And we know that being in a safe space where people can just articulate what happened to them is so immensely healing that a lot of them will just come once and feel like, Oh, thank God people believe me and they can go on with their life now instead of struggling with, is this real? Is this not real?
0: And I can only imagine just that feeling of finally being accepted and, and the weight that kind of takes off of your shoulders. Almost like, I don't know, you know, I'm thinking of a, you know, a person who's really into comic books, who stumbles into a comic book convention for the first time, or, you know, maybe on a more serious note, you know, the alcoholic who finds himself at an AA meeting. It's like, man, you're around people who get you and know your struggles and speak your language. And that's, that's truly valuable.
1: Yes, there's just, there's no value you can put on it. It's life saving.
0: Yeah. So you still, uh, you still facilitate these, these meetings. How often do they, do they go for?
1: I just actually reduced them a little bit, so it's every other month now.
0: Every other month, sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure you hear some interesting stories, to say the least.
1: It's amazing. And the people that attend are from every walk of life you can imagine. And yeah. that, that's why it has to be a safe space, because some people, they would risk losing their jobs. If the, anybody in the public found out about it, they would risk promotions Things like that. So it has to be I actually vet every single person that contacts me because I'm now the contact person for the state of Nebraska for MUFON for people who have had contact. And so whenever I get a phone call, I'll either meet them for coffee, talk to them and make sure that they are legit before I invite them into the group.
0: Yeah, you don't want anyone flying under the radar with some sort of weird agenda of you know, poking fun or or who knows what. And and by the way, if anybody listening is a contactee or experiencer, I'm gonna leave Christy's information in the show notes so you can find out how to contact her, how to how to get a hold of this support group um, if you're interested, if you need people to talk with. And now I want to ask Christy, have you seen any sort of a common thread? You said all these people from every walk of life imaginable each with their own unique experiences when it comes to extraterrestrial beings. Have you noticed any similarities, any common threads between stories? Like what are the consistent patterns that you're seeing?
1: That's a great question. I would say typically they come late in the evening or in the middle of the night, unannounced. I do have one lady and hers show up anytime, night or day. But, and they all look very, very different. So, I guess the common thread would be unexpected that they just show up in there. This is kind of funny. I was so frustrated one night. It's like, is tonight going to be the night? Oh, my God. And finally, I just put my fist in the air and I said, were you born in a barn? Don't you people know how to knock? (laughs) 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 And a few nights later, inside my head, I hear.
0: (laughs) You heard the knocking.
1: They and I thought, oh, I wasn't clear enough. I'm at my front door where I could say no, thank you. <laughs> they knocked in my head, and boom, I was gone. I was on a craft.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now, appearances of these beings are all different. You know, you have the the grays, which I think the that's the iconic, classic. Uh, you, you could even say stereotypical uh, depiction of extraterrestrials with the with the large heads and the almond shaped eyes and the small slit for a mouth. Uh, have people reported other beings? I'm trying to think, and you're you're more knowledgeable than me. But you know, according to research, you have you know the the Nordic aliens who are tall and and beautiful and blonde, and you have the I don't know the Pleiadians and the Arcturians, and what are what are some like can, thinking back? And obviously, we're going to keep these peoples. um uh, anonymity. So you know, we're not going to drop names of people who attend these meetings, but has anyone seen an extraterrestrial being that's like truly bizarre, like an insectoid or, um, oh, yeah. anything like that?
1: We've got a few with the reptilians and then we've got like the blue avians that look like a big, huge bird. So I would say the grays are probably in the support group anyway, are the least common. Yeah, it's wow. you know every kind that you can imagine because there there are you are the Lyrans, the the Syrians, the Andromedans, the Ecturians, the or- Orions, Palladians, all of those, and they all look very very different from each other. And uh, the- to freak you out even more, <laughs> blue
0: avians like bird-like aliens. Oh my god! Yeah, and
1: they're bright, beautiful blue.
0: I, I mean, it almost reminds me of Avatar, you know, those big, tall, blue creatures on Pandora. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm going to quickly share a story just before it escapes my my brain. Uh, years ago, I was on a Kansas City radio station, you know, delivering psychic readings, and the, the hosts, all three of them were, were fairly open-minded, obviously. One of them, not particularly interested in UFOs, and he, on live air, he asked me a question. He said, hey, can I ask you something weird? Last night, he said... I had the strangest dream that some alien creature came to see me and he said I'm part of the Arcturians and we've been here for a long long time we've been monitoring earth for millennia and he says and the alien said it's time to go now we can't look after you anymore and the the gentleman the dj not being interested in an extraterrestrial in the dream he was like oh okay see ya <laughs> like no big deal and then he told me, and, like, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, That's, uh, is that alarming that the Arcturians, they've been looking, apparently, but they've been looking after our well-being for millennia, and they're leaving? Like, they're leaving us to our own devices? What's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. but
1: that is, Yeah, that is a little frightening.
0: <laughs> it is. Uh, but I suppose, you know, it's within the realm of possibility that, you know, a- extraterrestrial species all coming from different star systems. Why wouldn't they look different from one another, right?
1: Well, in <laughs> to freak you out even a little bit more, uh, my last hypnosis session, I was asked, where are you at? And I said, I'm at a conference table. And what are you doing? I said, I sit on the Council of the Galactic Federation of Planets.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> and it came out of my mouth so naturally. Didn't even know that existed. And then... I want to say maybe a few weeks later, I had a reading with a psychic medium in New England. Who so because I wanted to go to someone who didn't know me, right? And yeah, didn't know my background or my experience. And she opens up with, "Yes, you've had extraterrestrial contact for many, many lifetimes, and you sit on the council of the Galactic Federation of Planets."
0: How is that for validation?
1: (laughs) Oh my God! And in this, that first hypnosis session. I saw all these different beings around, and they looked as different as you can even imagine. And but it wasn't frightening because we're so you know it, we're so human sometimes that you know anything outside the scope of humanity we just can't wrap our head around. And this would be you know like looking at every different bird in the Amazon. They're all there. They're all beautiful, and we wouldn't be afraid of them. But when they show up under hypnosis or in a dream or something even so it takes a little while to process it and make sense of it
0: oh absolutely and it almost reminds me of like the the scene from star wars when they're in that like giant almost like the european union meeting and you have like a representative from every star system and they're all they're all completely different
1: exactly
0: well, I'd suffice to say you're representing humanity really well, Christy. I, I like you. I think you're a great person.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that so much. And it's reciprocal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I do want to ask, cause you, you mentioned a couple of times now that in certain experiences, it's almost like, you know, zap, you're on the craft. Uh, mm-hmm. what, and, and each time that happens, you said you feel kind of paralyzed. Yes. Okay. So when you're on the craft, I mean, I don't know if you're able to turn your head. Are you able to see what it, What does it look like on, on the inside? Is it is it fuzzy? Are there other peoples? Are there other abductees?
1: Great question. I, I can't move my head, but I can move my eyes from side to side. And usually they put me on a gurney and there are what feels like hundreds of other contactees on gurneys too. And it's like we mimic the inside of a ship. So it would be very circular and almost like it's on a conveyor belt with these gurneys. And there's a team of, we'll call them doctors. (laughs) And as one gurney comes up, the nurses are there to put legs in stirrups to take a sheet off of the person. And then the exam happens as the gurney moves through. And then the next person comes and then poof, I wake up. And sometimes my head's at the foot of the bed. Sometimes there's blood coming out of my ears. And, yeah, and sometimes the sheets are off the bed. Yeah, it's crazy. But no memories. It's just like, what happened? Oh, my gosh. And then the download will happen sometime in the future that will make sense of it.
0: that's intense, uh, the yeah. blood, the blood in the ears. And, you know, you've, you've heard of cases where, yeah, people wake up with their, you know, pajamas put back on backwards, uh, mm-hmm. you know, after experiencing an, an exam like that, um, that's kind of frightening. And I, I'm sure a lot of listeners are like, and that's not scary. <laughs> that's not <laughs> a scary experience. <laughs> um, wow. That's, you know, what would you say to somebody, you know, like myself, uh, lifelong, uh, you know fanatic when it comes to extraterrestrial stuff i always joke i wish they would take me but they haven't or not that i can remember am i playing with fire to to wish that to to want to be taken no <laughs>
1: okay you're not
0: <laughs> now in your opinion do you think that these different races of extraterrestrials do they all have different agendas are are some nice? Are some are some mean? Almost, you know, akin to you know human, humans. You know, some are good ones, some are bad ones. What's your take on that?
1: You're exactly right. It is like humans. There's the good, the bad, and the ugly. But if they wanted us dead, we'd be dead.
0: <laughs>
1: they don't. They're here actually to save us from ourselves. And we're so we're the only species on this planet that's willing to destroy our own home. But we're also a free will planet. So they can't interfere with it up to a point. So what they're trying to do is um, have star seeds, certain individuals that are awakening now or being born now, that are here to raise the vibration of the planet and start taking care of the environment, of humanity, and you know, save us from ourselves.
0: And we hope it's not too late. Uh, you know, a few episodes back I had a guest Anna on the show and we were talking about star seeds, you know, mm-hmm. and just those, you know, characteristics and qualities of, you know, intuitive, kind, sensitive people who are here to try to make the world a better place. And I've always wondered, you know, these they're monitoring us and to a certain extent you could say they're interfering because they're they're taking people against their will. But ultimately you're right if they wanted to blow our planet up they would have long ago. I'm almost curious to know if there are certain laws or rules in place that prevents them from meddling with our free will too much so they're more they're more observing us from from what I gather.
1: Right. And it's my understanding that because we are a free will planet that they can't interfere until we're at about 75% destruction and then they can come in because it's not even us just destroying our planet it will reverberate throughout the galaxy and affect other planets and life on other planets too so it's not just earth disappearing and destroying it affects our galaxy and other galaxies
0: yeah it's the butterfly effect right that that ripple effect where it you know can affect more than just our species yes now you know, kind of in line with with what we've been talking about. You know, some are some are nice, some are mean. Uh, in terms of technology, I mean, does does that span the spectrum too? I mean, clearly they're more advanced than we are because they've traveled light years to be here. Uh, yeah. Have you obtained any information about the level of technology that some of these alien species have?
1: Interesting that you ask that because. uh, I was winding down from working with the Greys, and I actually broke that contract. It was a sole contract. So usually if people have been taken, it is is a sole contract, and that's why you can't wish it on yourself because that contract doesn't exist. So as I'm winding down, breaking my sole contract with the Greys, another group stepped forward, which is a technological group. And they have been teaching me programming. They've taught me how to fly a craft. we're going deep Andy (laughs) this is
0: I mean you know and I'm hooked and and you know I've I've heard this and I don't know the whole story but we're going to get into that whole story on part two which is actually going to be next week uh for subscribers only so if you're listening to this and you want to hear the whole story about Christy taking the steering wheel on one of these extraterrestrial crafts and zipping around the cosmos you can catch that next week. If you want to become a subscriber, it's only $4.99 a month, cheaper than a cup of coffee. And that gets you a, a super strange bonus episode every single week. So part two, again, coming up next week here with Christy. But before we wrap this up, Christy, not only have you published a book on your experiences, and there it is right there, We Are Not Alone by Christy Peterson. So yes. that that book was kind of a, a labor of love and I can't even imagine the amount of courage it took to to put that out there.
1: Scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And about two weeks after I published the book, I was contacted by a filmmaker who wanted to make a documentary. And as you know, we had the premiere in January. On that January 13th, Friday the 13th, how appropriate. How appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> It has been so well received and I'm just, I'm so proud of it. And it's, um, the producers are illuminating hearts in tiny space productions. I have to, to give them kudos for this because they took my story and made it into a beautiful work of art. And I'm so proud of it.
0: And you should but, be, you know, cause little five-year-old Christy who was drinking the orange drink in the hospital and the ice bath, you could never imagine how far your journey would take you. I mean, you have a documentary made about your life. How cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's amazing,
0: and And done beautifully. And beautifully done. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, You, there is another screening of the documentary coming up. Is it this this coming Sunday?
1: This Sunday at two o'clock, and it's at the Benson Theater in Omaha. And then the final showing is March tenth at the Benson Theater too, and that's a Friday night. That one will be at six thirty. So you can you can just show up at the theater. You can go online to the Benson Theater dot com and reserve online if you want to. It's a 90-minute documentary. And then there's a QA afterwards. Dr. kasher myself, and um Estara and Orion from Illuminating Hearts and Tiny Space Productions will be there for a QA afterwards.
0: Amazing. Now is there is there a way that you know people listening in England and Australia and Ireland, is there any way for them to access this documentary if they can't, you know, obviously if they can't make the trip to Omaha. Is there a way to purchase um, it online, or is, it, is, is that in the works still?
1: It's still in the works. Sure. I know it will be available for streaming, and that's up to the producers. You know, that's not up to me as, as much as I want to have control over it. I have none. <laughs> well, uh, so it's up to them, And but I do know it will be available for streaming, and I'll be posting that all over Facebook and, and YouTube when it is available.
0: And it'll be worth every penny, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, So if you are enjoying this so far, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Because, again, next week for subscribers only, we're going to do part two with Christy. And we're going to talk about her uh, taking the helm and and flying an extraterrestrial craft. So can't wait for that. And thank you so much for being on today, Christy. Uh, This this is amazing. You're amazing. Thanks for coming.
1: Thank you. It is such a pleasure. I, I appreciate you so much.